Welcome to Hollywood Changemakers, the official podcast of the Hollywood Prayer Network, where we hear the stories of creatives and industry professionals as they live out their faith in the world of film, television, music, and all entertainment. This podcast is for visionaries who believe in the power of prayer and want to see change in our culture. This is Hollywood Changemakers. Welcome to Castaway Tracks. Welcome to Tracks for a Castaway, a podcast in which we ask interesting people what songs they would choose to take to a desert island. This week's guest is Vinny Barbosa. Vinicius Barbosa Pipa, his full name. Yes, what he said. Not to be confused with Captain Barbosa from Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, Caribbean? Uh, I don't know, because he's from Brazil. Ah. Uh, he is a composer, recently nominated for an Emmy for his work in an animation show for Netflix. And he's going to join us to talk about which songs have influenced his life the most. This is Tracks for Castaway. Welcome back to the podcast. Bienvenido al podcast. Welcome. How do you say this in Portuguese? Bienvenido al podcast. Do you know Portuguese? Uh, no, but I can do English. Mm. Sort Our of. guest here is a native of Brazil. That's right. Uh, he's a composer based in Los Angeles. His name is Vinicius Barbosa Pipa. And he's our guest to the Desert Island today, in which we're going to force him to choose six songs that he's going to take to the Desert Island. And it's a format that I stole from the as a homage to the famous BBC show Desert Island Discs. Amazing. Thank, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here early in the morning. It's uh, five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> it's 5 o'clock a.m. in my mind. <laughs> uh, how long have you been here in L.A.? I've been here in L.A. for about five years. So I moved here in 2017. We're recording this in 2023. Right. Record. That's important. Yes. Well, That's when people important. listen to this. For everyone listening in the future. Generations in from 100 now. years from now. Yeah. yeah. When they research us. Um, where were you before that? Before that, I spent four years in, in Boston. <laughs> That's not really Wicked my Wicked awesome. Um, I spent four years there. That's where I went to college. So I was there from 2013 till 2017. To Berkeley? I went to Berkeley, nice. Berkeley College of Music with two E's, not with an, a Y, you know, not the one in California, but the one in Boston. So I was there for four years. And before that, I was in Brazil, as you mentioned, um, being born and then <laughs> growing. Well, let's start at the beginning. Um, you were born in where, Sao Paulo? I was born in Sao Paulo, yes, um, and the city of Sao Paulo proper, but then when I was about three years old, my family and I moved to, what would you call it, a little bit a little bit more of a rural area, a little smaller town called Carapicuíba. Oh, yeah. Carapicuíba. Yeah, yeah, I've been yeah, there. I summer there. I summer there every yeah, day. it's a very popular tourist destination. Everybody goes there. Yeah, my parakeet's from there. There we go. Um, so that's that's where, I, that's where I did most of my growing, mm-hmm. you know, it was nice. in Carapicuíba. Mm. Well, let's start with the first song. Okay. This is by Fernando Sor. Well, this is actually by Mozart, and then Fernando Sor did a. Uh, I think it, if I'm if I'm if I know the history correctly, he did an adaptation for uh, for acoustic guitar for classical ah, really? guitar. Yeah. Okay. So he did this this variation, these variations on on a theme by Mozart. So it's from the early 19th century. I understand. You know better than me. You're a classical. <laughs> I have Wikipedia here that tells me that. Fernando Sor was born in 1778 and uh-huh. died in 1839. There we go. There we go. Do you, do you want to play it or do you want me yeah, to let's play talk it. about it? Great. 
beautiful, uh, huh? Yeah, beautiful. Gorgeous. Uh, why did you choose this song? So this song, it's some of my earliest musical memories are classical music being played on an acoustic guitar because my father, he was not a professional musician, but he loved music. And so he played guitar, he played piano, played a bunch of stuff. But as a tiny little kid, he would play this this song and others on his guitar. And I just remember loving it. He would just pick it up, pick it up his guitar. He'd put it on his left leg, right? Because that's how you play classical. And I just, I remember loving it. I, I would hear it and it, it would just be like, I would just get so happy as a little kid. And I just asked him to play it over and over again. I can still remember, like, if I, whenever I listen to this, I can see the picture of him sitting on the couch playing it. It's beautiful. So these are some of the, some of the, some of the first musical memories I have. Yeah, growing up in Latin America, the guitar is huge there. Oh, yes. And <clears throat> classical guitar, which is so, like, complex to play. Mm -hmm. um, that's one thing that I, I always envied from guitarists is the ability to just take their instrument anywhere and impress people and play anywhere. Yeah. I'm a pianist, and Ryan is a pianist. And, and I'm a drummer. So, so we we're well, kind of out of luck just, then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unless so you we can't like do that. Guitar. Which is a move. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're a drummer, how did you... Uh, first dive into drums. Well, and we'll talk about that when we get to the next song. Oh, but perfect segue. <laughs> <laughs> I was in touch with music from an early age because my dad was always playing, but I didn't really start playing seriously until I was about 14, which is kind of late for as far as music goes. Like most musicians start pretty early. It's a very funny story, but I was in middle school and some friends of mine and I decided that we were going to start a band. Just we're just like, hey, let's start a band, you know, and I was like, great, let's do it. And then they told me, you're going to be the bass player. And then this guy's going to be the drummer. That guy's going to be the singer. And this guy's going to be the guitar player. And, I, and for some reason, and I'm not sure why, I said, I don't want to be the bass player. I want to be the drummer. <laughs> and then they were like, fine, you know, you convinced me. So then I started taking drum lessons. And it's because of some of the stuff that I was listening to at the time. And then I, I, it was a good start. I had my teacher said I was pretty good. And, um, and then the band never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it could still happen. I it think could. it's probably better now, better yeah. quality. You got to get the band back together, boys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll give him a call. Yeah. Well, let's uh, use that story to segue into your next song. Sure. Can you talk a little bit about sure. this? So the next song is is Ramble On by Led Zeppelin. That's why we're going to do a lot of rambling on. Yeah, That's what I do. I'm going to ramble, so you have mm -hmm. to stop me. But um, so like I was saying, around around that time when I was in my early teens, that uh, Led Zeppelin was something I fell in love with. The first record that I ever owned was a Led Zeppelin record, Led Zeppelin 4, if you're familiar. Nice. I know you're a Led Zeppelin expert. I'm a, a aficionado, connoisseur. Yeah. This song is not from Led Zeppelin 4. It's from a different album. But this kind of sums up the essence of Led Zeppelin for me. And I remember that I was fascinated by the drums. I, I just loved the drums. They were powerful. They sounded huge and and energetic. And I was like, that's I want to be a drummer. So, and... This also has some ties to my dad because my dad loved Led Zeppelin and he kind of converted me into them. So well, let's take a listen. Let's rumble on. Yeah. Comes the drums. A little bit. Wait for it. I know he knows drums. Good so good. This, is, this song is a perfect tempo for Joe Brumping. 
For what? Jump, jumping rope. Yeah, it is. Because I did almost 60 in a row, which is like my record uh -huh. yesterday. I always, like when I hit 30, I, I miss. Yeah. But I got it past 50. Do you always put a song with it? Well, I don't like just jumping for yeah. no reason. So that is. So you need it. I need more song. To do. Well, that was Rumble On by Led Zeppelin. Amazing. It's great. Amazing. Piece. How was leaving Brazil? I mean, it was an adventure. Um, so when I when I turned 17, 18, that's when I that's when I left. And well, let's let's backtrack a little bit. So I was studying music, right, in, still in Brazil, and and you know learning drums and so on. And I decided that I wanted to be a, a professional musician, which is kind of a you know you can relate, mm -hmm. you can too, right? Someday I hope to. It's a it's a a bold choice, but foolhardy, some would say. Yeah, but but my my parents were su were pretty supportive, you know, for the most part. And so uh, first I told them, hey, I I want to be a professional musician. And that was already a lot to swallow. And then I said to them, also, I want to go to the United States. And that, that was another kind of a doozy. I knew that I, that I, and this, you know, we'll segue into the, the next few pieces, but they have something to do with this decision. But I knew I wanted to do, uh, to write music for movies. That's kind of something that I was, I was pretty certain about. And to my knowledge at the time, there was only one place that taught uh, film scoring as an undergrad which was up at Berklee College of Music in Boston. That's kind of how I got drawn to the U.S. Did you experience any culture shock or uh, when you arrived, or was it easy sailing? A good question. I knew that I needed to be good at English, so I was watching a lot of like American sitcoms before moving. Mm -hmm. Like which one? Like Big Bang Theory was my jam. So nice. I was watching a lot of Big Bang Theory. Um, and so I think, I think it prepared me. It prepared me well, and I got here, and... And it wasn't it wasn't too difficult to to get acquainted. People were very welcoming to me. Berkeley has a really international community, mm -hmm. so there's people from everywhere. But after the first week, I, I made friends and and I was welcomed, and so I didn't really feel like like it was it was too difficult, you know, to to kind of integrate. So it, I think it was I was lucky. Mm -hmm. That's great. Was Berkeley your first experience really delving into film scoring? Like, had you? messed with Jaws at all or, or, or stuff like that back yeah. then? Um, not a lot. Like I, I didn't do a lot of composing before starting mm. to study composition, which is kind of funny Interesting. to think about. <laughs> uh, so I did mostly playing when I was in, when I was, when I was in high school, I was, I was playing a lot of drums. This is, this is drums. That's why I say playing. <laughs> this is me playing drums. Ah. Um, it's not riding a horse. It's not riding the horse. <laughs> yeah, but it could be. I did mostly performing uh, in high school. I, I did a little bit of writing music around that time too, but but not a lot. So I, when I came to Berkeley, it was kind of like a almost a completely fresh uh, uh, start into into composition. So I was had a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'm curious how your voice developed as a composer in mm. that process. In well, songs, let's use it as a segue for the next song, which is uh, Wagner's Prelude to Tristan and its soul. That's correct. That's I correct. imagine that there's a moment in which you discover classical music. There is, mm. yeah. So a few years before moving to the US, I was taking music lessons, um, and I was taking drums, so I was taking a little bit of guitar, a little bit of piano, and music theory and ear training and so on. And I had a, a big mentor of mine. His name was Gustavo. Gustavo, if you're listening, God bless you. He showed me 
the, my, the first piece of classical music that I've ever heard, which was this one. And I remember it just blew my mind. It was like, you're, you're a classical musician, you understand? I, did, I don't have a classical background. I mostly, I listen to a lot of rock. I listen to kind of band music. You know, my dad's guitar music, I listen to that a lot. But music with orchestra, that was the first time that I kind of sat down to really listen to it. And that piece of music just blew my mind. It's like, it's like somebody shows you an entire palette of colors that you didn't know existed. And you're like, oh my gosh. So it just blew my mind. So Well, listen play. to these very colorful harmonies. So Man, I gotta listen to this. I've never, so I'm not familiar. Yeah. Well, that this was amazing. an excerpt from Wagner's uh, Prelude to Tristan and Isolde. Yes. I love Wagner, you do? but that his music, not him. <laughs> You've never met him. <laughs> no, no, nor, nor I would like to. But uh, I don't think I've ever heard Tristan and Isolde in its entirety, the whole opera. I think it's oh, like I don't think three hours. <laughs> no, no, nobody has. Well, for the rest of the podcast, we're actually going to go ahead and listen to that. So thank you yeah. for listening. Thank it's you three for tuning hours long. in. It's three yeah. hours long. Yeah. Speaking of long things, uh, the next song is Lord of the Rings. Oh, yes. It belongs to that epic saga. Oh, yes. Personally, I want to share with you mm-hmm. that I saw in the same day, last weekend, the complete trilogy from Lord of the Rings, uh-huh. uh, the, the extended edition yeah. on film, 35 millimeters. All three in one really? day? In one day. On what film? time did you start? 10 a.m.? Then uh-huh. we break for an hour. The second, the two towers started at 3 p.m. Uh-huh. Whole thing. Then we break for an hour for dinner. Yeah. And then uh, the last one started at 8 p.m. and finished around close to midnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you get paid for overtime? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was nice. It was in downtown LA in an yeah. old timey theater, and it was like 400 did people you get, there. Did you get tired of like just? Uh, funnily enough, no. no. I I came with like a picnic bag. Uh-huh. And. Uh, they allowed us to do that, of course. Right. And I had so many different snacks. Variety of snacks is key. That's important. Because That's you, important. F- you feel time You want to keep it interesting. Yeah. Do you yeah. Cherry Joe's? Just go to Cherry Joe's and the, actually get all the is. snacks. Yeah. Well, but uh, I imagine you are a big fan of those movies. I am a huge fan of those movies. So I would say that The Lord of the Rings probably were the movies that enticed me into wanting to be uh, not only a musician, but a, but a, a musician for movies. Same. Right? We just shook hands for the listeners. We did. We can do it again for a, <laughs> for an ASMR version. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> but so if, if the, the pieces that I was sharing before kind of uh, they captivated me musically and I was like I, w- I was impressed by, by, by the orchestral colors or by the, you know, just how, how fun they were to listen to or to play or something like that. But the Lord, the thing that the Lord of the Rings did to me, is that it, it kind of added a lot of depth to what you can do with music that's not just strictly musical. So it was the combination of music and storytelling. When you're talking about storytelling, that's kind of where I, that's my my, um, what would you say? That is, it's kind of my highest aim in in music. You know, even more than to just make interesting music, but it's to make music that that tells a story or, or music that is tied to a story. And with that in mind, I have a little quote from, from The Lord of the Rings that I think just really exemplifies that. Can I share it? Sure, of course. Yes. 
So check this out. This is um, in the, for those of you who are familiar with the movie, there's a, there's a moment in the movie when, when Frodo is kind of like very discouraged, you know, and he is, he's thinking about giving up and he tells Sam, his trusty companion, always optimistic. Uh, he tells Sam that he, he doesn't think he can do this. He says, I can't do this and so on. And then Sam tells him this, listen to this, it's amazing. It's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo, the ones that really mattered, full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't know, you didn't want to know the end because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad had happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. When the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you, that meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Frodo, I do understand. I know now. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't. They kept going because they were holding on to something, that there's some good in this world and it's worth fighting for. It's fantastic. Beautiful. It's like the heart of like good storytelling for me. You like storytelling, so you are in the right industry. Yeah. Of, of uh, telling stories through through film. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, listen to the next track, which is Howard Shore's score for the Two Towers. Yes. The entire thing. The whole thing. <laughs> Makes me want to go on a journey. Yeah. To defeat evil. That's pretty much it. And aren't we all doing that? I think we're our way. I was just on my way to defeat evil, actually, and I stopped in here. That's what we're doing after this. Yeah. You are from Brazil. Yes. Uh, where soccer is a religion, yes, so to speak. Yes, it is. Fuchibol, that's how you Fuchibol. pronounce it? Fuchibol. Fuchibol. Nice. You're very good at this. And for the listener at home, we, Vinny and I, actually play Fuchibol almost every week. We do. Wednesday nights. We do. He, because he was lucky to be born in a very good country for that hobby, he's good. He scores goals Thank every you. time. I've only <laughs> scored three goals in a year. But but they were good goals. With your head? Remember that one? With I'm like head? Frodo. Like, I only do one thing but I, but every it, now and then, but it, when I do it... Rocks the world. Yeah, exactly. You, just, you score goals every night. It's like, what else? No big deal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I understand that uh, you were a goalie also. I growing was. Up. I was. Yeah, so you know it's funny that you're talking about soccer or football because I've been playing it for longer than I've been making music, which is kind of funny. Because um, in, in Brazil, when you're a kid, at least in, in my I don't know how it is now in this in, in in this generation, but in my generation, when you were born and you started walking, somebody would give you a soccer ball. Same in Costa Rica, right? And then you just start playing, um, and so most of the kids growing up at my time we're playing um every afternoon every at, afternoon at, at, at my neighborhood at all that kids just played soccer yeah at home yes i play between the doors right at home in the living room in the kitchen the parents would go crazy because you're breaking stuff stuff all the time mm -hmm. um but i have an older brother and my older brother forced me to be a goalkeeper that's so that's <laughs> I did how the I same with my little brother did you really yeah <laughs> so that's how i started he because he was a striker and he wanted to to kick and shoot you know to the goal but he needed somebody there to stop the shots so he was like, hey, you're coming with me, and you're going to be a goalkeeper. And 
that's that's how I started being a goalkeeper. And now I rebelled, and now I play. Striker, as, as you never striker. come down to defend. I never come down. Sometimes. He always hangs out in the front, never comes back. Me in the defense. But you're a good that's defender. Well, so, I have to because nobody so else wants you. to play defense in that, <laughs> in that game. The next song. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? I definitely can. So this song is, so don't judge me, but it's a song by John Mayer. I love John Mayer. No judgment here. I love his songwriting. I think he's great. I love his guitar playing. And this song is from, is from an album of his called Born and Raised, which is like a very introspective album. It's very different from everything that he had been writing thus far. It's like a kind of a sort of folk kind of country inspired album and he he wasn't writing music like that before um and as as is the case i think with most of the most of the pieces that i've been talking about so far um music always has this this role in my life that it it's kind of always tied to my story like like there are different times in my life where i remember the things that were going on and sort of significant moments in life and i always remember what i was listening to because I would be coming back over and over to the same music. So this this album came at a time that was kind of hard for me in life. So it was after I moved, I had already, you know, I moved from Brazil, I finished college and already moved to LA, and I had been working in film music for maybe a year or so. And um, I had kind of a little bit of a personal crisis, if you can put it that way, just, I, I just kind of lost perspective, you know, of uh, how, you know, how I, how I talked about earlier that all of these, all of these, all this music growing up kind of gave me direction. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to be a composer because I love music. I love stories. And I was super excited about that. And, and that's what I wanted to do. Now, fast forward, you know, 10 years in the future and I'm, and I'm in LA and I kind of forgotten about all that, you know, forgotten who I was in many ways. And so I almost gave up on music entirely at that time. It was around 2018, wow. a few years ago. Almost gave up on music and I was gonna leave the US, go back to Brazil and start again. Thankfully I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. But because of this little crisis, it kind of led me to do a little bit of soul searching. And that's when things started turning around. And that's, um, I, I was listening to this music kind of throughout during that, that period. and. It helped me to to just kind of think things through and and reframe things in life, and and the biggest thing that did help is that that th this was the time in my life when I think through this crisis is when I found faith. So that was that was sort of a turning point for me. And this record is all about that. Not not necessarily about faith, but it's about this kind of starting again, if that makes sense. So we can we can give that a listen. No, speak for me. Listen to this, this line. Well, they celebrate broken things. I don't want a world with broken things. This is the best line. Come here right now. This one. You can tell something isn't right. But all your heroes are in black and white. Right? What a drag to say. At least I still have yesterday. Show me something I can be. Great song. Thank the, you for introducing me to this song. I just downloaded it. You did? Mm -hmm. You should you should check out this whole record. Born well, and raised. 
Really good. You just downloaded it? How do you download songs? I hired them ah. in, in Spotify. Oh, I see. Oh, oh I see. Saves them the Spotify download. Save them. Save them. Uh, I just recorded it on my voice memo, so now I have it. No, but actually That's when I save them, it goes into my phone. That way I can listen when I'm offline or oh. air- airplane mode. Like if I'm in an airplane, mm-hmm. I can still listen to it. That's fancy. I should, I should start doing you that. You didn't put your phone on airplane mode like the producer asked? I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious. You mentioned you, know, you discovered faith. So I'm uh-huh. curious how faith impacts your music career at this point in time. Yeah, that's a good question. One of the things that I think I lost sight of uh, around the time that I, you know, that I was mentioning just now is I think I had, I lost sight of the why, you know, why was I doing the things that I was doing? Cause I was, I've always been very motivated. You know, I, I, I decided to want to make music. So I moved from Brazil and I came to the U S and so on. So I've always been very motivated to pursue this, but I think at some point I needed to figure out why, why, why I was doing it, you know, which is kind of the, to me, it's the question underneath everything. It's like, the, the the motivating force to do to you know go after your dreams and go after the things that you that you want to pursue and achieve um, and I think faith reshaped that for me you know so it, it didn't necessarily change what I was doing and and how I was doing the things I was doing but it changed why you know so that gave that gave me a completely different uh, motivation I would say to to go after you know, making music and and being and you know participating in projects that i that i think are meaningful and that i care about and and so and i think it it gave me the i think the power of of renewal if that makes sense too Mm -hmm. where when you when you hit a point where where you kind of feel like you're you're out of steam and you're you know you kind of burnt out you you can find again the 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 thing that inspired you in the first place. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So totally. that's, it, and you know, this is going to be a whole other conversation. But that's those are some of the things for me that that changed when once once faith came into the picture. Mm. Where you're at right now with film music and with faith, what would you say your heart music is? Like if you were to write mm. something, not to picture. Yeah. Wow. Something to play for yourself in this desert island. That's a great question. Okay, if, uh, if when I think about this, I think of a, a record, right? Maybe a few songs, like 10 songs or something like that. Um, I feel like I would want it to be eclectic because I, I, I like so many different kinds of music, so I would like to put various things together, you know, different influences that I have, different, different styles of music that kind of uh, have shaped me and so on. But I think most of all, and this is kind of a reoccurring theme, for me in music, I, I think I would want it to be something that that could help people on their journey, you know, whatever they're they're going through, whatever they're they're doing in life, because that that's what music has done for me. Like it, music has been one of the constants in my life that I always kind of come back to. And of course, as, as music nerds, you know, I, I like going in there and figuring out, oh, what what are these what are these chords that they're playing? And and how how is this composer doing the orchestration or you know how is this melody put together and so on but um the thing that really always that i always come back to with with enthusiasm is um how does this music uh kind of tie into my own story and how does it affect my life you know and and how do i relate to it sort of in a in a personal level and an emotional level and so on 
So I don't know if that answers the question, but something not necessarily musically complicated, but but just with with depth, you know, in, in the lyrics or in, in the music itself, something that, that moves you and gives you hope. Yeah. 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 Do you write lyrics too? Only when I have to. <laughs> same, same here. Same. So I'd probably get a lyricist too. Now that you are in LA, you recently got married? I did. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. How long ago? Uh, uh, almost exactly a year. A little bit over a year. Oh, man. Yeah. So this is your official anniversary podcast. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. This is really what it's all about. It's uh, celebrating my marriage. Speaking of marriage, let's go to the next song. Yes. I hope sure. that the listener of this podcast is uh, listening to this late <laughs> at night, hopefully. Yeah. Just getting ready to go to bed. Ah, I see where you're going. Because <laughs> the last song in your set is Antes de Dormir. That's it. Did I pronounce that right? You pronounce it in Spanish, but that's close enough. Well, antes de dormir. I think it's antes, antes de dormir. Antes de dormir. That's it. Yeah, that's the. With, which means before sleeping. Yeah, before before going to sleep. By Dingo. By Dingo. Is if it? you don't know Dingo, it's a great band from Brazil. Like Sounds they're, like from they're Australia. active now. They're fantastic. I would highly recommend. Well, let's listen to this song. I think I actually have heard of Dingo. Really? So, but I couldn't tell you what the music's like. So good. But this is nice. It sounds like a lullaby. Yeah. nap now yeah uh, why did you choose this song so this song um played at my wedding which happened mm. around a year ago this song it it kind of brings together all of the things that i love so so i think about my wedding i think about my wife think about my family and it kind of makes me feel at home you know because it's i, I wanted to choose a song from from brazil and i think this song kind of just just sums up a lot of, of, of what home was like for me. And so that, that's kind of what this song conjures up for me. And it's hearkening back to that Lord of the Rings quote, these are the good things in the world that I think are worth fighting for. You know, it's, it's, it's the people mm -hmm. you love, it's your family, it's your home, it's, you know. So this, that's what the song means to me. Well, thank you for coming to our podcast today. Thank you for having me. I hope that you survived <laughs> this desert island. So me too. And you can escape. And come too. back here. We wish you the best. Thank you. Good luck out there. Today's episode was hosted by Andre Soto and Ryan Wyman. Our producers are Scotty Mirig and Lauren Duncan. Executive producers with the Hollywood Prayer Network are Karen Covell and Kelly Kirshenman. Audio by Scotty Mirig and editing by Lauren Duncan. Theme music by Jim Covell. Today's episode was filmed in Hollywood, California. Mm -hmm.